back for some end-to-end -end episode 4 of season 2. TV Joe and Flags are back at it again. Uh, not much news in the news catalog this past week. It was a short week actually because we recorded on Monday, but uh, what's going on boys? Feels like we just talked yesterday. <laughs> Literally. It's a very fast week. Yeah, it went by pretty quick. There, yeah, there isn't much to talk about, but there is some pretty significant injuries, I would say, this week. So there's some significant injuries that happened this week, and the biggest one was the Mikko Rantanen injury against Tampa. So he caught an edge on the back check, and his whole momentum of his body went forward, and his knee kind of caught an edge in the ice, and it snapped, and he fell awkwardly. It, it didn't look good at all. Um, he's currently week to week. We don't know exactly how long he's going to be out, but it's a big mm -hmm. blow to the Avalanche for sure. Yeah, the St. Louis Blues are going to be out without uh, Vladimir Tarasenko as well. It's another huge injury. He's mm -hmm. going to be missing the next two games. He didn't join the Blues on their road trip this weekend. Uh, I'm not even sure how he got injured, but as far as I know, he's suffering from an unspecified upper body injury. Yeah, uh, It's actually funny because this actually played a little bit of a factor in my 82-game challenge pick for tonight. Um, I was going to originally just take Boston to win the game in 60 minutes at minus 115 odds, but when I found out Tarasenko wasn't playing, he's a, a huge factor in that lineup. Uh, he provides a lot of firepower for the Blues up front. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to risk it for the biscuit and I'm going to take the Boston Bruins puck line um, at plus 160 odds. And boys, if I were you, I would be <laughs> tailing me right now because I'm freaking hot. I'm 7-2. and two. I'm on like, fuck, I don't even know. I think I'm on like a six or seven game win streak right now. I'm leading the breakdown. Yeah, you have to be leading. Win percentage, um, net profit, and return on interest. So I'm riding a hot hand right, right now. now. <laughs> Man, I, I'm destroying everything in this challenge. It's not even close. Anyways, another injury was... Um, well, I don't know if he's going to be playing tonight, but Matt Duchesne went down with a lower body injury against, I forgot who the opponent was, but he left the game. And another injury, I guess you could say, is Austin Matthews yesterday. I mean, he went back into the game, but he went into the quiet room for concussion testing. Obviously, it came out good, and he continued to play. And he scored a goal at the end of the game because San Jose played horrible yesterday. Uh, but yeah, we're, a lot of injuries happen in the NHL. And another weird one, I think Joe wants to kind of explain it, because before the podcast, he seemed really... Uh, baffled about this injury so go ahead so as you know you may know tonight is the heritage classic between the winnipeg jets and the calgary flames and one member on the jets mason appleton was playing a little bit of uh some football at, in saskatchewan at the rough riders cfl stadium and he broke his foot while playing football before practice yesterday let me say this again he <laughs> broke his foot playing football before practice and he is catch. out for a month like they were playing catch not not like, yeah, like literally catch play. yeah no oh, tackling man. no nothing johnny oh man johnny appleseed broke his foot <laughs> yeah that's um it's embarrassing yeah like imagine telling your coach i broke my foot playing casual football with the boys yeah like lily blake wheeler threw him like a, a hail mary <laughs> and the guy just like broke his foot trying to go get it i don't know what happened <laughs> They haven't even explained you know it either. It no. happens. You look at Taco Fall this week. He banged his head <laughs> on the ceiling, and he's out with a concussion now. So it happens. That guy's like 10 feet tall. So. Yeah. But how do you, when you're that tall, do you not know where the ceiling is? Like, you think you'd have 
some sort of idea of how high the ceiling is. I think if you're that tall, you don't have many brain cells. Like, (laughs) I think like, I think the nervous system. Yeah, like it's like you're too slow to react because you're so massive. So he didn't even probably realize. He's like, "Yo, I I should duck down. I'm like seven six. (laughs) And then he just hits his head, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm out." Yeah, baseball has the weirdest injuries, though. Remember Russell Martin a few years ago with the Jays? He slipped in the shower or something. Didn't he hurt, like, his I, I don't even something? remember that. Uh, that was that was so stupid. Yeah, there's, there's been, been worse. There's been some very bad injuries in the MLB, for sure. There's one, I'm, I think, this year as well, where a player was playing with his son, and he poked him in the eye and yeah. he like, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he was out I mean, two weeks? For that like, yeah he got poked in the eye and he was out for like a week or two i can't even lie i haven't following the mlb that much this year but i do know that the houston astros won last night correct yes I, yep so i think that series is 2-1 for the nationals now yes mm-hmm. sir that's interesting interesting stuff they were um underdogs too in that series by a quite major a bit. They underdogs, were paying two to yeah. one yeah they were paying two to one to win that series and i, I honestly think- i was gonna bet them to win because I, I don't know I couldn't see the Astros beating them for some reason, and then I didn't, and then of course they win the first two games, and I regret <laughs> not picking them. So, yeah, they just got hot at the right time, I guess. Well, like I was explaining to you last night, Joe, we saw each other, and I said it's kind of like the St. Louis Blues that you got hot during the right time, and now they're in the final, and they have a chance to win. Yeah, That's and kind of like. Kind of like the Blues as well. They were like 19 and 31 at yeah. the end of May. Like they looked like they were about to blow up the whole core there. Mm-hmm. It was exactly like St. Louis, but let's see if they can get it done. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be Bryce Harper right now because that guy is getting some major heat. Major yeah. heat. Because it seems like he is the problem. They, are, they couldn't get to the finals. Well, that was the reason they got rid of him, was it not? Oh, yeah. Because he so, was... Well, I don't, I'm not actually quoting this, but apparently he was, like, a, a nuisance in the uh, locker room. <laughs> what a guy, Bryce Harper. Anyways. He has a big ego. Massive ego. Yeah. Anyways, um, we'll switch gears to some trade news in the NHL. Um, Pens traded their one of their best defensemen <laughs> of generational time, played, like, 30 games for the Penguins. Erica Branson traded to the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for a seventh-round pick in 2020. And Andreas Martinson, big body Andreas Martinson. Uh, my evaluation of this trade is a <laughs> pylon for pylon with a seventh round pick thrown in. Yeah, to be honest, I really don't give a fuck about this trade. <laughs> to be completely honest, like it's not even a big deal. Whatever, the Pens are doing something, getting a draft round. Or I mean, a draft pick in the mix. So I, I guess that's always a good thing because that yeah. can turn into someone good in the future. But yeah, then- I don't. Speaking about Gabranson, I believe he was a third round, third overall pick. Third or fourth, something like that. I think think he was top three for Florida, I think 10 years ago or somewhere around there, 2009, I think. And he has done absolutely nothing in his career and he's terrible. And I won't be surprised if he's out of the league after this year. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not that old. Like, I think he's like 26 or 27, but he looks old. Plays old. Yeah, that too, and he has a bit, not a big cap hit, but he eats a chunk of the cap, and Penguins got rid of that, good on Jim Brother for getting rid of that, but when they acquired that, I don't think that was a good trade for the Penguins at all. No. Like I said, I don't give a 
with this trade. Honestly, it's it's a nothing trade. <laughs> There's nothing to analyze in this trade, honestly. And then another person who's kind of irrelevant has requested a trade from the Islanders, and that is Josh Hosang. I I think he was a first round pick. Could have been early he second, was. but I know he was. I think he was hyped up to be something, and he's done nothing in his career. He, I don't think he's been given a fair chance by the Islanders. They kind of just hated him from the jump, and they like refused to get rid of him, ruining his value. And he requested a trade from them uh, earlier this week. So we'll see where that goes. So Josh Hosang, I believe he played in the GTHL as a kid growing up. Yeah, Marlies. Yep. Um. Yeah, for the Toronto Marlies, and he was supposed to be a prodigy. Uh, I don't know where he played in junior, but I think, I think Niagara. He, I think he yeah, tore think it Niagara. up there, and then he came to the NHL, and he was he was nothing. He's like a third liner now. Attitude issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have that, that just affects the whole dynamic of GMs and the way they look at you. And I think this guy deserves a chance to go somewhere else and prove it because if it's not working out with the Islanders, I mean, you got to get rid of this guy and try and gain his confidence. You've seen that a lot with the Edmonton Oilers players. I mean, you just saw that with James Neal this year. He couldn't get anything going on Calgary. He got traded into a new home in Edmonton, and now he is looking good. So I think think that's what the Islanders have to do. And if not, I mean, tag along Michael Del Cole with that because he just looks horrible as well. Yeah, he's a bust. All right, so let's get into our hard hat uh, award winners of this week. And Thomas, would you like to go first? Yeah, I don't mind. Um, my heart hat of the week is Jack Eichel, the heart and soul of the Buffalo Sabres right now. Uh, he's obviously the captain, named captain last year at the beginning of camp. And he is looking amazing this year, as always. He recorded two goals and four assists in these three games this week. Two power play points, one power play goal, and one power play assist. And in one of the games against the San Jose Sharks, who look lackluster, against the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. He had four points in that one, including the overtime winner against them. If this guy is out of the lineup, I don't know what Buffalo is because they rely a lot on this guy on the power play. Um, he takes that lethal one-timer shot. In overtime in 3-3, three three, he's deadly as well. I think he plays like three minutes of the five minutes in overtime. And again, without this guy, I don't think Buffalo's in the spot where they are and they have the record of 9-2-1 and one right now. So take him out. They're not as good. But when he's in the lineup, man, he looks good. Yeah, Jack, Jack Eichel and those Buffalo Sabres, they've been looking very, very hot to start the yes, season. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, my hard hat award this week is going to someone that I ripped on earlier on in the season. I believe it was in the first episode, actually. I think so, yeah. Of season two. Jack yep. Hughes. He has only played two games this past week in the past seven days, uh, and only one since we talked, which is very odd because – I don't know. The New Jersey Devils kind of had a weird schedule this past week. They basically had six days off, which is very unusual for this earlier in, early in the season. Anyways, back to Jack Hughes. He only played two games this past week and mm-hmm. one since we last talked on Monday. But in his last three games, he has two goals, one of them being his uh, first NHL goal, three assists for a total of five points, and he also scored both of those goals on the power play. And one was a game winner against the Vancouver Canucks last Saturday. He had a point on every single goal last night in the Devils' 5-3 loss against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, I believe he had one goal and two assists. And I'm hoping that maybe he found his, finally found his uh, stride and his place in the NHL because I have him mm-hmm. in fantasy. And he's, <laughs> been a, he's been a huge part for me uh, these last seven days now, uh, helping me hopefully pull through with a victory. 
But I think he deserves this hard hat award because he's been yep. Edlow. He's been grinding, even though a lot of people have been ripping on him. I know I was ripping, uh, after the first few games of the season, but I think he definitely deserves it. He's stepping it up. Yeah, for sure. I agree with uh, Jack Hughes. I think he may have yeah. found his stride, especially on the power play. He looks yeah. a little bit more comfortable with playing with Taylor Hall. I think that's a big thing for him too, is playing on the power play and getting like, obviously it's easier to score on the power play, I would say, than playing even strength, but playing on the power play and putting pucks in the net will increase, I think, and hopefully that'll transfer into his even strength play as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 100%. All right. So my hard hat award winner is the newly minted captain of the Vancouver Canucks, Bo Horvat. Horvat played two games this week and finished with a hat trick against the Red Wings in a 5-2 win and added another two assists against Washington last night, finishing with five points in two games. And to go along with that, three of those five points were power play points. Mm-hmm. So Horvat kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start. And then I would as soon as he basically got introduced as captain, he's kind of been a lot better for the Canucks, putting up points and things like that. So I think maybe he was just kind of anticipating that moment to be named captain and he's kind of taken his game to another level since then and he looks like um the vancouver canucks made a good choice naming horvat the captain yeah i agree he's actually he's played really good since he's been named captain and that hat trick was was good for uh flager as well too because you have him as well in your in our pool as well yeah you have him and jack Hughes. yep yeah and they've been doing pretty well Finally, All I right. kind of need some luck because I I'm last place in our fantasy league right now. I think. I think you're second last. No, I'm 0 and 2, and I have the least points for, so I'm last right now. That'll change <laughs> after this week, though. I'll get a I'll get a victory. I think. I hope. Yeah, you're in line for a victory. <laughs> Anyways, okay, now we're gonna go to our second favorite award of the night: the Golden Plunger. Flush the toilet and let's get going. Obviously, this is given to the biggest underperformer of the week, team or player. We all pick players this week, and I'm going to start off by picking Mikel Granlund. Uh, Joe in our pool owned him for a few weeks, then dropped his ass. Dropped his uh, ass, man. He's embarrassing. And you know why you dropped his ass? Because he's he has recorded, not recorded a point since October 12th. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, take it. For, you had him, and you could say it. He has not recorded a point since October 12th. Um, he's also been put in good situations with the National Predators in his new home. Uh, he's on the second line and playing second line minutes alongside Matt Duchesne and I believe Victor Arvidsson. So those are two really good players in this league that have dominated and they've scored 30 goals in this league and he just can't get it going with them. Uh, he's also on the second power play unit, not the first one with Roman Yossi, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne and Victor Arvidsson. But he's on the second one. He's surrounded by uh, Kyle Turris, Ryan Ellis. Um, Nick Benino, not amazing players, but you still have to kind of contribute to the overall offense of the Nashville Predators. He's just not, and he's been the most dropped player in Yahoo since October 12th with, by 820 users, and that is the most in fantasy hockey right now. This guy has to get it going. I know he will get it going. He's very skilled, and this is why this award does this. it. It, it, it makes the player motivated because they hear the podcast, and they just they just play really good the next game. So hopefully Mikael Granlin. Uh, can step up for the National Predators because they're going to need them in their run in the playoffs like and as well Joe. as the regular season. Joe, didn't you uh, Willie Nylander last episode? Yep. Yeah, and, and he, he scored that same he's, night. He scored that exact night, yeah. Same with me. You, man. Yeah. You got a little Kevin Hayes, I picked him, and he scored. Yep. The golden plunger has, works its magic. <laughs> All right, so hopefully this will uh, help 
Blake Wheeler's fantasy owners out because I'm taking Please. Blake Wheeler as my golden plunger this week. He's pointless in his last five games despite playing 20-plus minutes a night in all of those games. Uh, in those games, though, he does have 17 shots, so it's not like he's doing absolutely nothing. He's blocked five shots. He's got six hits, but he has an absolutely brutal face-off percentage of 14.2%. Uh, he went one for seven. Even though he is a winger, that's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, he better get it going, man. Like, he has done you absolutely nothing he should. the past He's, two weeks. He is in a situation there in Winnipeg right now to kind of pick things up. Uh, I believe... Well, like I said, he's been playing 20-plus minutes a night. Like, it's not like he's not getting the ice time. He's getting the ice time. He's just not putting the puck in that. He's not scoring at all, so... And I also... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think he'll pick it up eventually now. I think he has to tonight. I mean, with the circumstances of the outdoor game, the first outdoor game of the year versus the Calgary Flames, uh, both teams haven't looked good in the past couple games. And I think Blake Wheeler's destined to get a point for Joe. I know when he gets a point tonight, I'm going to look at Joe, and this guy's going to be fist pumping because he needs to beat the guy who has been absolutely annoying in the fantasy chats we've had. Yes, he has. That game is tonight, correct? In Saskatchewan? Yeah, 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my golden plunger winner of the week is the best player on the Detroit Red Wings, and that is Dylan Larkin. He has gone pointless in all three games this past week, and against Ottawa, which is another awful team, he went for 3 for 22 on faceoffs. 3 for 22. Like, that's embarrassing. And the guy's a centerman. And to and to kind of pair those two together, Detroit has dropped seven straight games and can't score goals at all. They lose like 5-2, 2-1, 4-2, 4-1. It's just terrible for Detroit. And I knew this was going to be bad coming into the season because they have zero defense and goaltending, but they just can't score either. That is a team, though, that I seriously could see them turning things around. Remember heading into the season, yes. guys? I was yes. very high on... Their second hopes. line, not just Dylan Larkin. Well, actually, all of the Red Wings forwards, I, I, I was saying how uh, I think they were going to be a little bit slept on, uh, but I, I I really could see the Red Wings turning that around within the next month or so. Um, no, I was going to say, yeah, Manta's actually been producing well on that line, so you're kind of right with that. With mm -hmm. Even Tyler, um, yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi, is doing well, but it's like Larkin, who's their best player, is not mm -hmm. doing well, which is yeah. why he got the golden plunger. And that's probably why the Red Wings are doing so shitty, because when your best player is not exactly, producing, yep. that's not very good. Even Wise though words. they do have players to step up, it's not enough. Yeah, agree. Um, yep, so the golden plunger, this is awarded to the biggest underperformers of the week, and also motivates them next game they play. So uh, <laughs> congrats to the golden plunger. It's worked its magic last week. Hopefully it could do it this week. What you say? You gotta let Jason Derulo say it. Let him say it, alright? <laughs> Don't introduce the topic. Alright, Jason, what, what are we playing, bro? Alright, thanks, Jason, for that. Uh, yeah, so funniest quotes from the week, either by a player, coach, or management. Um, we picked some good ones, and the first one I picked was Fun with Biz. So this is kind of a segment that the NHL and Biz Nasty, obviously Paul Bissonette, is doing to market the players as not as zombies anymore, as actual personality personality in the league. Uh, this week's guest was Sam Bennett, and he talked about a lot of things about the Calgary Flames, 
uh, their group chats, their wardrobe and all stuff like that. But one uh, segment that caught my eye and it was pretty funny actually was Sam Bennett talking about Mark Giordano at weddings and saying how this guy is an absolute animal when it comes to the dance floor, an absolute absolute animal when the tarp is off. So just listen to this quick clip by Sam Bennett talking about Mark Giordano at weddings. Who do you think would be the best wedding guest? I'd probably say Gio. I've seen him at Brody's wedding and he is a lot of fun at weddings. There was a lot of people at this wedding and and I saw him dancing like I've never seen him dance before. Do you guys have shirts off? Uh, yeah. All the boys? A lot of them. He was definitely, he's jacked though, so he's, he likes to, to show it off. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard it, but tarps off Mark Giordano, the absolute guy is jacked. <laughs> I believe that Spin Chicklets has been, uh, I mean, they've had Flames players on their podcast in the past, and I, I remember someone else mentioning that Mark Giordano is a lot of fun to be with at weddings and party with. Uh, so that that's not news to me. I haven't actually listened to that clip yet, but I'll, I plan on listening to that episode later today. And again, um, like the Matthews clip from last week, we're starting to see some more personality from NHL players, and which is which is the thing I like to see. Again, we're not trying to market the league as zombies that play hockey. We're trying to market the league um, so there's some personality, so I like what Mark, or Sam Bennett said about Mark Giordano, but hope Mark Giordano did take it personally about it, but whatever. Anyways, let's move on to my quote of the week. I actually meant to make this my quote last episode, but I completely forgot about it because uh, it was a couple days, we recorded a couple days after this quote came out, um, but just, just listen to this interview with uh, a little kid. Uh, at intermission at a cap- Washington Capitals game. Jackson, you were on fire out there tonight. How did it feel to play on that big ice? All I wanted is to have some speed and have fun. Hockey, always remember, hockey's not about winning. It's always about fun. Yeah, that's a, a cute little interview. Uh, I hope you got a good laugh out of that one. Joe, move on to you. All right, so for my quote, this happened, I think, yesterday. <laughs> uh, Bedman is obviously, Gary Bedman is the commissioner of the NHL. And he was doing a media day, I guess, because the Heritage Classic is tonight. Mm -hmm. So he was asked about the playoff format because a lot of fans seem to have problems with it, myself included, Mm -hmm. because of how Montreal missed out last year. But anyways, and he was asked about the playoff format, specifically how it's uh, like the wild cards and it's not one to eight and things like that. Mm -hmm. So he said, we think the format we have works extremely well, unless you're a Leafs fan. Thanks, Gary. (laughs) <laughs> thanks like why did he have to say that he just he was trolling i'm guessing he's got a lot of complaints from Leafs fans and rubbing salt in the wound there as the commissioner of the nhl <laughs> unnecessary um, unnecessary yes the Leafs have the biggest market in hockey and you're ripping on our families come on <laughs> Yeah, He's the commish, man. He does what he, he wants. He always does this, though. He always throws in a smirky comment once in a while. Like, he's always at these events and just throws in... Like, I remember last year, I think... Oh, no, it was at the All-Star game where Ron McClain was interviewing him about... I think it was also the playoff format. And he's like, yeah, it is not changing. It is not doing that. Um, I think he said something about the show. I don't know. I don't know. He said something stupid, but... He always does this. And, I mean, to throw salt in the wood at Leafs fans, it's kind of stupid. But whatever. I, I, it's whatever. He tries to be like, I don't know what the word is. Like he tries to be a comedian, funny almost. Like, yeah, like comedic. Like 
hip almost. You know what I mean? Like he tries to like crack jokes that would be appealing yeah. to the public, but they're Doesn't just hit. really cringy, basically. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah, he um, kind of talks like a straight up loser. Sometimes, yeah. He does. A little bit. Anyways, that was uh what you say our favorite segment on end to end this year. Uh, we'll move our Okay, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. since we're on the topic of formats, what do you guys think about overtime only being in the regular season only being five minutes long? I I personally don't think that's long enough. I mean, it's if it's three on three, the players are gonna be gassed. So five minutes is fine. I just hate shootout. So what did they do? Another break and then do another five minutes. They kind of, I don't know, I don't know, flood the ice is the right thing to do, but like have like a break, how uh, they yeah. do from the third period to overtime, do like a little mm-hmm. like two to five minute break and then play another five minutes. Because if you just do 10 minutes straight or something of three on three, like the players are going to be gassed 100%. horribly. Okay, yeah. but the thing is, you have how many forwards you have? 12 forwards. You have yep. six defense, five minutes of three on three. Mm-hmm. But let's they only say you, play like let's say two you're going, forwards and one D, basically. No, but let's say you're going with... Yeah, exactly. You have two forwards out there and one defense. If you have... You send out your top two forwards and your top defenseman for, let's say, a minute and a half. Yep. That's only a minute, minute and a half of three-on-three play for them. Then they come back on... They rest. You send out your next top two forwards and then your next yep. top defenseman. Mm-hmm. By the time those guys get off... You could you could decide to send out those top players that just got off the ice, or you could send out your next two best forwards and your next best your next best defenseman. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just five minutes isn't enough to me. I think maybe ten minutes would be reasonable. I don't know if you guys watched. I think it was the Edmonton Oilers last week. I don't remember who they were, but they were outplaying team in overtime. They ended up going into shootout and they ended up losing, even though they absolutely destroy them in overtime yeah just five minutes isn't necessarily enough time to decide a game in overtime in my opinion um i agree with you there i don't think it's enough time but what joe said there is has to be a point where you got to kind of not protect the players but you know they're gonna be tired and i mean i don't think they should do two five minute halves i think it should be like seven minutes ten minutes and then get like a scrape before the third or before the overtime. I think that's appropriate. But I don't hate the shootout, but I just don't want to see it come this early. I don't I just don't want to see it after five minutes, after these players have been battling really hard. And then just, okay, here's the shootout. Like here, just throw it at them because the overtime was so great. I, get, I like what you're saying, Flager, with the Edmonton Oilers. Perfect example. I think they're out playing. I don't know what team it was. But then they went to shootout and they just lost all the momentum because their goalie couldn't stop a puck. And that's not the player's fault. That's the goalie's fault. And he, they lost and they got criticized for it. And another thing Brian Burke was saying, I don't know on show what it was on, a pregame show, but he was saying they should implement a shot clock. Instead of these that's teams trying idea. to play a tactical game, whether they're, when they, remember, you guys know, you watch, they grab the puck and then skate out of the blue line so they could regroup and get new guys on. I just don't like to see that. I don't like three on three as a tactical thing. I remember the first ever overtime where it was Tampa versus Philly. Nobody had a clue what they were doing. They were just running around and doing breakaway after breakaway because it wasn't tactical yet. It was the first one. And if they implement a shot clock, which I agree and don't agree with, it gives the team 
a time to shoot the puck on the night. If they don't get a shot, the other team gets possession and goes down the ice again. So it gets rid of the tactical factor in overtime, which I kind of like, but I don't think that will ever be implemented because the NHL has its format. It's not going to change. I don't think it ever will change. Yeah, I don't think they would shot clock although it's not a terrible idea it's not but uh, it's just it's not how hockey's played right like you can't just implement the shot clock yeah randomly exactly. in overtime mm-hmm. another reason though why i think five minutes in over and three on three overtime right now is brutal is because if you take a penalty or if you take a penalty at the end of the period at the end of the third period heading into overtime you don't even have necessarily a good chance to win yourself in because you're going to be on the, uh, you're going to be shorthanded basically for half half of that over period right like you're not yeah in a good situation to win the game that's why i think they need to increase the time because if that team that gets a penalty kills off the penalty then they could at least put themselves in a situation where they could necessarily come back and win the game you know what i'm saying yeah it's kind of like the football coin toss uh, before overtime like whichever team gets the ball is obviously favored to win the game because they have the ball first and if they score a field goal oh well but if they score a touchdown game's over so it's kind of like that, but not kind of like that. And I get what you're saying, Flager. But... That's a little bit different, though, because I know some teams would rather yeah. have their defense out there first. I remember watching the Steelers. I think it was the Steelers this season. They were playing, might have been the Ravens. I don't remember. They won but... the coin toss, and the Steelers said, no, we want to defend first instead of getting the ball first. So that's a little bit different. But I, I, yeah. know, I understand yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Yeah, exactly. You'd rather have your offense out there, but, I mean, if you choose your defense is better than the offense, sure. But, yeah, that's a touchy subject for now. I don't think they'll ever, I don't know if they'll ever change it, but I don't think they'll ever, I don't know, do nope. something different to make it longer. Like, they we want to see more. It. Like, they just yeah. changed it to three-on-three, three, like, how many years ago now? How many seasons I think ago? four years ago? Something like that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they change it up a little bit again i don't know hopefully yeah i just i'm not a fan they need to make it at least seven minutes long in overtime i think i think so i agree it's Another entertaining as well to watch yep, exactly game, but anyways we've been talking about this for a while so let's <laughs> move on i guess battle of the buds oh baby not a good week for flagger no but not a good week for me as well because my last game was absolutely brutal in the Battle of the Buds. But we'll go through wow. that. Uh, Flager, it... say your losses and wins, please. Okay, so I had the Jets beating the King on the 22nd. They lost. That was a huge upset. Uh, I was very upset about that one. Um, and then I had the Oilers being the Wild in Minnesota that was an upset. on the 22nd. That was another upset. So I was a little bit more upset than happened. Um, but then last night I had the Leafs beating the Sharks and they destroyed them four to one. So or didn't destroy, them, but they beat them four to one. I think destroy is a good word. <laughs> we watched. I watched the game with Joe. It was an absolute monstrosity for the Sharks playing on a back to back. So you went one and two this week. Yep. Which brings me um, to five and four on the season. Yes, it does. Um, so my picks of the week were Ottawa at Dallas. I picked Dallas to win that one. They did. Uh, Minnesota at Nashville. I picked Nashville to win that one. They did. Next one is a bit touchy one. Uh, Washington at Vancouver. Vancouver is up 5-1. Yep. I have this in the bag. I have my guy who I verse in fantasy. His goalie losses. I'm like, yes, all right, that's really good. 5-5. I was like, I got home, 5-5. Um, just Vancouver just, just shut off for a second there? Or... Then they go to overtime, absolutely got outplayed. Then they go to shootout, and they lose. 
and I lost Battle of the Buds, I would have went perfect. I think for the first time, I don't think I've ever gone 3-0, so that would have been a first for me, and my guy would have got a loss in fantasy on the other side of the fence. But no, Vancouver lost, and I got the loss in Battle of the Buds, so I went 2-1 this week, and I have a record of 5-4 and four, uh, like Flager. So uh, we'll go to Joe's now. So last week I had Toronto at Boston. I knew Boston was going to get revenge, and they did. They won 4-2, to I believe, that game. And then the next game I had, Hurricanes at Columbus. I had the Hurricanes winning. They were up 3-1. They blew it, and they lost in overtime. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so another blown lead there, like Thomas, but definitely not as brutal. And then last night I had the Sabres at Red Wings, and they won that. They shut them out 2 nothing. so I went 2-1 two for two and one on the week, and I'm now leading the Battle of the Buds 6 with a record of 6-3. and three. The rookie comes in. Leading six and three. I'm just a phenom right now. (laughs) We'll see. All right, I guess we'll get to our picks now. Yeah, we'll see who's going to be leading after this week. I got so I'm pretty confident in my picks this week. So I'll start off, I guess. Um, October 30th, first pick this week. I'm taking the St. Louis Blues, who are heading to Minnesota to beat the Wild. That's on October Mm -hmm. 30th. I think that the Blues are going to lose tonight against Boston, but then by the time they play um, this game on, I think it's on Tuesday, they should yeah, be Tuesday. recuperated, and Wednesday. they're definitely the better team um, over the Minnesota Wild. So I think they're going to win that game. Um, then on Halloween, the day after October 30th, I'm going to take the Golden Knights to beat the Habs. Uh, this is, I don't know, the Habs, they've actually been surprising this season. They've been looking pretty good. But uh, I'm going to go with the Golden Knights here. I believe the Habs are also playing on a back-to-back. Um, yeah, they are. This I think that's their second game of the back-to-back. So that's yes. another reason why I'm going with the Golden Knights there. Then heading to Friday night on first, the Colorado Avalanche are going to Dallas. And I'm taking the Avalanche there. That was Flager's picks of the week. Um, my picks now. I'm going Montreal on their first of back-to-backs against the Coyotes. I'm picking Montreal on this one. Then I'm going on November... That's on October 30th. Then I'm going on November 1st. Lightning at the Islanders. I'm taking the Lightning in that one. And then also on November 1st, which is the Thursday, I'm taking the Washington Capitals, who are home to the Buffalo Sabres. All right. For my picks, I got... I'm looking at the Heritage Classic game tonight. Flames and Jets. I'm going to take the Flames in this one. Both teams are kind of... Not playing up to their potential, I would say. But I, I'm going to take the Flames in this one. I think they're just going to edge out the Jets tonight. And then on October 20, 27th, which is tomorrow, the Ducks are in Vegas to take on the Knights. I got the Knights winning that one at home. And then on October 29th, the Lightning in New York to face the Rangers. And I have the Lightning winning. And that's on October 29th. Okay, do we want to go through it quickly just as we always do? Like yeah, you can just sure. I'll go first. Through. Yep. One through three? Yep. I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues to beat the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota on October 30th. Then on, on October 31st, on Halloween, I'm going to go with the Golden Knights, who I think are going to beat the Habs at home. Uh, and then on Friday, November 1st, I'm going to go with the Avalanche beating the Stars. I'm going with Montreal at the Coyotes October 30th, Lightning at the Islanders on November 1st, and Washington host to Buffalo on November 1st as well. And I have the Flames and Jets tonight, taking the Flames. Then I have the Ducks and the Knights on October 27th, taking the Knights. And then Lightning at Rangers, I'm taking the Lightning on October 29th. All right, beautiful. 
I mean, some mistakes on the way through this episode, but I think this was a pretty good episode. Uh, there was one thing we kind of missed during the, I guess, the things to talk about during the episode, that segment. Uh, Barkov surpassed Scott Mellenby for sole possession of fourth place in Panthers' all-time points with 357. So congrats to Alexander Barkov. Uh, that's a pretty big accomplishment for a young kid like that. Also, I know Mark on game this week and yep. i saw that his wife made a, a very gorgeous cake for him <laughs> did you see that cake yeah with the golden pads yeah that's i would cool. not yeah, even eat cool. that cake i would save that because that was gorgeous <laughs> yeah, that golden was cool. pads had the 800 and then i think he has like 650 something and then i kind of wanted to talk a little bit about these hot starts so colorado is eight one and one and buffalo is nine two and one yeah. With the injury to Ranton in Colorado, I don't know how this can be sustained. And then Buffalo just looks <laughs> like Jack Eichel's just carrying the team on his back right now. And then Victor Olofsson scoring like 30 power play goals. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they just firing on all cylinders. Do you guys think this these starts can be sustained? Um, it's actually interesting that you bring this up because our buddy Rob Bowen at the Breakdown Sports released an article this morning or yesterday morning um and basically what he was talking about was early season um like starts and he was talking about a statistic called pdo i don't even know what pdo stands for yeah me either but uh, basically what it is is a team's shooting percentage and save percentage added up to Mm -hmm. show the teams that have been lucky and unlucky to start uh, the luckiest teams right now. You could go on our website or even on our Twitter. I shared it on our Twitter account. Uh, you could go find this graphic that he put together. He basically is showing each NHL team's PDO through the first 10 games. And you can see where each team lands in the lucky and unlucky scale and high scoring and low scoring scale. Uh, so the luckiest teams on this graph are the Colorado Avalanche, who are the most lucky, uh, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Edmonton Oilers. Those are the three luckiest teams to start the season right now. So according to what he put together here, the Mm -hmm. Colorado Avalanche, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Edmonton Oilers should regress a little bit as the season continues here. Uh, And the unluckiest teams... Not surprisingly, the LA Kings are the most unlucky team on this PDO graph. Yep. Uh, They should hopefully get better, but I won't be surprised (laughs) if they don't. The New Jersey Devils were the next unlucky team. That's no surprise. I would say that, yeah, they have had a shitty start to the season, so Mm -hmm. I think they'll progress. I think they'll get a little bit better as the season goes on. The Minnesota Wild are also there a little bit. Uh, and the Detroit Red Wings and Columbus Blue Jackets. So, yep. You know so what? All looking at teams, <laughs> looking at what Rob put together on our website, like this graph kind of makes sense. I don't know if you guys have seen it. No, I haven't seen it, but go check it I out because it's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's very useful for the podcast as well. We could always do that at the end of the episodes. I mean, if if he's doing this weekly, we'll take it from there and just put it in the podcast. I think this is a good segment we could do at the end. Well, the yeah. thing is, I know that he mentioned that um, it's easier to find a team's mm-hmm. puck luck with a shorter full of games because as the season goes on, like 
teams go through like winning streaks and losing streaks. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it just messes with the whole system a little bit. So I don't know if he's going to be doing this weekly, but okay. It's as of right now, like I recommend everyone go check this out because it's pretty yeah. interesting. That's pretty interesting. Not going to lie. I mean, it's not an excuse, but you can use it and say, okay, we're getting unlucky. We're really doing good. We're definitely going to digress, but. I think it's pretty good. Side. That's that's not bad. You because you can tell who's going to progress and who's going to regress. And with the teams you just named, Buffalo and Edmonton, I think they're definitely going to regress. But if Jack Eichel keeps his stuff up and Connor McDavid keeps his stuff up, hell no, Edmonton's going to be good. Anyways, let's go back to what Joe was asking. Joe, you were yep. asking if we think that the teams that are starting hot are going to sustain um, their hot starts. Uh, if you look at the Colorado Avalanche, I don't know. I think the Colorado Avalanche right now, like they're by far the best team in the Central Division. I think they could keep it up. Edmonton Oilers, I don't think they have the depth to continue their hot streak uh, throughout the rest of the season. So I don't think they're really going to start. I think they're going to regress a little bit. Buffalo Sabres, they've been looking really good as well. Uh, their goaltending is still an issue for me, so that's mm-hmm. why I think they're going to regress a bit. I think the Boston end up on top in the Atlantic within the next few weeks. What other teams we got here that are looking good? Well, those are the three are the, teams you kind of asked. But yeah, the three teams, I guess. That... Just putting my input into this, again, Joe said it, with the rant and injury, we're going to see a bit of regression with the Colorado Avalanche, especially on the power play with a shot. And with the Buffalo Sabres and Edmonton Oilers, we've seen this time in and time out with these good teams, even the Red Wings in the past and the Pittsburgh Penguins in their glory days and the Chicago Blackhawks. When your number one guys aren't going, I don't think your team's going to keep scoring at the pace it's going to be at. So with the Buffalo Sabres, with this hot start, even last year, they went on this 10-game winning streak. Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhardt, Jeff Skinner was a big part of that winning streak. And then they just fell off the cliff. So we could be seeing that again with Buffalo. Edmonton is the same story every year. McDavid and Dreisaitl will carry them. Then they just end up to turd. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, what? I, I, I think it could be sustained with Colorado for sure. But I was just going to say, with Colorado, now that I think of it, they do actually – it's not like they depend heavily on guys like Renton uh, and Landis Gog. Like They have Nazem Kadri now, who I know just had a huge night last night. He stepped it up. Uh, they beat the Golden Knights six to one, I believe, last night. Yeah, Joe Salty about that one. That was man, that was a huge upset. Um, or not a huge upset, but it was a big, it was shocking that they won. Big loss for the yeah, big loss for the Knights. Anyways, as I'm saying, I think that Colorado Avalanche do actually kind of have the depth to possibly sustain and get through Rantanen injury, and then mm-hmm. we'll see from there when, once he gets yep. back. What do you have to say, Joe? Because you were the one that asked the question here. Yeah, you pose the question. You get the last say. All right, so Colorado, <laughs> um, with the Ranton injury, I think they're not going to rely on McKinnon and Landeskog as much. So recently, even last night versus the Golden Knights, Nazem Kadri's line stepped up big time. Yes. Scored a few goals on the power play. So I think they're going to be more of a, a, a top-two line kind of team instead of a one-line team because mm-hmm. – there's going to be a little bit more balance to that lineup. But obviously, Ranting's a massive loss for that team. But yeah. even Grubauer and that decor, that young decor, is playing fantastic right now. Mm-hmm. 
they'll, they'll probably regress, but I don't see them regressing that much. Like I said, I've said it multiple times. Like they're my pick to win the West yep. in the regular season. So if they can sustain it, I won't be surprised because I have a lot of faith in them. Yep. As for Buffalo, Carter Hutton is playing out of his mind right now, playing the best hockey of his life. Eichel is except carrying the team on, on his back. Except for his last game. I think they lost like 6-2 or something. Well, he got a shutout yesterday, I believe. No, that was Linus Allmark who pulled okay, in the Allmark. shutout for them. <laughs> yeah, it was. Anyways. Yeah, their goaltending is, you're right, it has been. I mentioned it um, when we were giving out our hard hat awards. Remember, I gave my hard hat to Carter Hutton. Yeah, last week, yep. Mm-hmm. Their goaltending has been very surprising. Yeah, and then they they improved their decor. Rasmus Dahlin got better. They added Yoki Haru, you know, Colin Miller. Those guys, they're helping solidify the decor. And they're getting some good scoring. Like, of course, we got Eichel, who's yep. ripping it up. But then Reinhardt's potting a few goals. You got Jeff Skinner on the second line. Marcus Johansson. With Yo- Marcus Johansson. Middle stats been okay the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. You know, they got some secondary scoring there to help kind of complement them. So I don't know if we'll be sustained with a 9-2-1. and one. Like, that's a great record. But they could sneak into the playoffs if they could keep it up just a little bit like this. Yeah. They just got to keep consistent. I mean, they have a hot start. That's the best thing that's ever happened to the Buffalo Sabres. The hot start is going to help them deep into the future of the of the regular season so but will it though because i don't they have it a helps start last it helps year? they're putting points in the bank though yeah they, like right now i mean this is what buffalo sabers fans dreamed for a hot start because you're getting you're taking away points from other teams that are having a bad start and you're obviously know that tampa bay and buff and boston and hopefully the toronto Maple Leafs can get hot during the season so this I mean, definitely has an edge over those teams i mean yeah having a hot start is good and all but what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, will it really help? <laughs> because last year, I remember they started pretty hot too. Then they just fell off the map. They didn't make playoffs. So we'll see. Hopefully. As long as they don't lose like 20 of like 25. I right. Think okay. Yeah. I do want to see them make the playoffs this year, to be honest. I think it would be thing to watch them. Right. I think that wraps it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we actually, pretty I long just, one. <laughs> I just yeah. looked at the time. Holy Just crap. tailed off of it. Yeah. Wow. All right. I mean, last, last words, words, right? <laughs> you guys go first. I'll finish it off. Okay. So, last words. Um, just check out some content on the breakdown. We got some a couple hockey articles coming out the past few days, and I think there's some more coming out today. So, hockey's obviously in full swing. The MLB, the World Series, is currently going on. I know the MLB team is working on previews for Game 4, yep. which will be out today. So, keep a lookout for that. And then, as well, we always have college football and uh, NFL articles coming out on the daily. Yeah, I'll be participating uh, most likely for the Sunday night football. Actually, I think we're going to do a Monday night football um, betting and daily fantasy sports guide. I do the daily fantasy sports side of things for those articles. So keep an eye out for that if you're into NFL. Um, and also keep an eye out for AJ's plays, NFL Sunday plays tomorrow because I've been crushing it. I took a week off last week. But I'm up like 12 units, I think. I'm I'm like 14 and 5 or 6, maybe, something like that. Um, so keep an eye out for that if uh, you want to make some money with me. And my last words, as always, for this new season, I'm just going to name the point leaders, the goal leaders, and I'll give some love uh, to the goalie department and wins. So the point leader through the NHL thus far in week three is John Carlson with 21. 
goal scoring leader is David Pasternak, my boy, with 10 goals. And the wins leader is, in Vegas, Marc-Andre Fleury with 7. Thank you for joining us on Episode 4 of End End in Season 2. We will chat with you guys next week. I don't know if we can next week, though, but Joe has some commitments. But we will try and find time to do this podcast episode for episode number five. Thank you for joining End End.